Hey, Chismosas. I'm Igby. I'm Stephanie. And we are the Chismic Queens. Queens. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever listened to our theme song in the car? It bumps. It does. I like it. It makes my baby bounce in a happy way every time I listen to it. I chose a good one. You did. It's golden. Anywho, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Chismic Queens. If you are not from South Texas or you do not speak Spanish, chisme means gossip. And so we have it. We have it all about uh, Married at First Sight. And we are covering season 14. And so hopefully we have, uh, you have some good chisme today, Igby? That's subjective. I have some. <laughs> you have <laughs> Whether chisme. Whether you think it's good or not, it's up to you. Okay, okay. All right, well, let's get into it. What do you got? First things first, we can send a happy birthday shout out to Henry from season 11 in New Orleans. I believe he had a birthday this week. I think he's turning 37 or 38, something like that. So Now, is this the one who just got a dog and had a divorce? Or is that somebody else? That's somebody else. I don't know who that oh, is. Okay. No, you remember, like, um, people were speculating that he was with his roommate now. Oh, Bennett. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm wrong person. Never mind. Happy birthday, Henry. <laughs> right season, wrong person. Okay. My bad. My bad. Never mind. Happy birthday, Henry. Yes. He, I know he has a new girlfriend or oh, a right. girlfriend now. He didn't stay married at first sight. Yeah. He was another, he was a dead on arrival. Oh no. Couple. Sucks. Yeah. But he found love in a hopeless place. That's Brianna. <laughs> Well, that's that's good, and at least it's a good conversation starter. I don't know if I would bring it up or not. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, people are going to Google him and find out anyway, so. But he has a, like, plain Jane name. Like, a million things will come up. It's Henry Rodriguez, like, that's a pretty generic name. Yeah, that's true. It's not like if you Googled me. That's true. Where there's literally no other person with my name. <laughs> But anyway, speaking of season 11, I have a little bit of a YouTube roundup. You know, I watch <laughs> as much YouTube as I do TV because it's like actual reality TV. Yeah, It's not yeah, as produced. <laughs> it's still produced because they do be faking on there. But mm -hmm. it's not as bad as these reality TV shows. You know, we have our, our favorites, Amani and Woody, keeping us in the loop. They had their first baby shower. Apparently, they're going on a baby shower tour to get all the family involved. So the first one uh, was in Chicago, which is where Amani's from, her mom's side of the family. Okay. So they did mention that that was going to be the first of three. The next one is going to be in the Bay Area with her dad's side of the family. And then the final one will be back in New Orleans, where they are for Woody's family and their friends there. So Okay, cool. This first baby shower was about a month ago. Um, it was March 19th. At that time, she was 29 weeks. So mm -hmm. they're trying to get it out early or get these long distance ones out a little bit earlier so yeah. they have to travel. Right. Because nobody wants to be like super pregnant on a plane. Plus, you can't be. How are they going to get all their stuff back? They said um, the smaller things, they were able to take with them, but all of like the big stuff, they had uh, people shipped to their house. Oh, okay. That's nice. I know she was saying like their family brought uh, the crib and the mattress and stuff. Like she was saying that they're already getting ready to move since they're having the house built. That should be in May, I believe. Mm -hmm. So right before the baby 
comes uh, and she says like there's already boxes everywhere they'd already outgrown the space and now they have all the baby <laughs> stuff on top of that and she's like there's it's to the point that they're thinking about getting like storage space for just like the next month or two because they just have too much stuff <laughs> it, it'll all be a blessing anyway she won't have to buy diapers for months and um she'll she'll be set it's all good but they were super cute in the airport they had their matching valentine's day ivy park fits on <laughs> very cute the baby shower itself was neutral teddy bear theme mm-hmm. think of uh the baby shower that chloe kardashian threw for her best friend malika it's similar to that if you're familiar with the kardashians i know you're not but the people listening might you know i'm not <laughs> but if you were to google it that's what it looked like okay she said for her it was more of a reunion type of thing because, you know, she hasn't gotten to see her family or yeah. friends up there in a while. So it was good to catch up. It was pretty small, intimate, just really close family and friends. Uh, she asked people to bring books instead of cards for the baby. So mm-hmm. they're trying to build up a library. Like we said before, they're getting ready to move in the next month or two. So far, so good. They're very cute. cute so I know. Ago. I hate when people ask for books instead of the Because Why? I know it's a nice gen- Why? Because I just we spent... $70 on your freaking gift. You want me to spend 10 more dollars on your book when I can yes. spend $2 on a car? <laughs> get a cheaper book. Ugh. Or don't get one. <laughs> I'm just You saying. got a gift. Buy your own damn books. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, don't, I'm not going to bring a book. Sorry. Here's a card. Enjoy your, I don't even know. <laughs> your... <laughs> Your baby Bjorn that's way overpriced and get something else way cheaper. Anyway, sorry. Not bitter at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thanks everybody who gave my baby books. <laughs> I didn't ask for them. I did not ask for them. You didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring you a book. You, that's fine. He has plenty of books. <laughs> Can't even read. All he's going to do is rip them up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All he does is chew on the corners. <laughs> but yeah, too, they haven't revealed the gender yet of the baby not that it's important or anything it's a they them but it just i don't know i'd want i guess that's why they had a neutral theme mm-hmm. well um, maybe are they gonna do a gender reveal party that might be another youtube video content they're wanting to do yeah i'm not a fan of i didn't have i always think it's so funny that the originator of the gender reveal is non-binary the baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> you invented this and it's all for nothing <laughs> in the end Anyway, another video, again from season 11, Karen and Miles posted two videos. They've been kind of inconsistent as far as social media goes. They're kind of up and down, in and out of the whole thing, which is interesting. They're not out here clout chasing like a lot of people that end up on these shows. Yeah, this is not the one who would, I'm sorry, I don't know any of these people. Um, These are not the ones that wanted to take people on a cruise? Yes. Oh, they are. Okay, okay, yes. And we learned something about that in these videos. Oh, okay, do tell. So the first video, which I don't even know why they bothered posting, is when they got their dog. The dog is seven months old now, and they're just now posting this video from like the end of last year. They said they've had a busy first quarter or whatever, and they're just now throwing it together. And it wasn't even like it was a heavily produced video or edited or anything. Like there was no reason why it was. It was just like a dog playing around. Yeah. (laughs) That's dumb. But they tell us in that video that the reason that they canceled the trip to the Dominican Republic was because Miles was promoted. Now he's a principal 
at a school. So because of that, it was just a conflict as far as timing goes. So they weren't able to go on that trip. Aren't they going to Dubai for New Year's or some shit? I think so. Pass. See them there. (laughs) He, in the second video, uh, they just got a new house. So it was kind of a house tour video. He explained a little bit too that now in his new role as a principal, uh, he wants to do some traveling to more Spanish language countries. He said a lot of the students at his school are ESL, which is English as a second language. Uh, so he wants to brush up on his Spanish. Also, it could be fraudacity because the video was sponsored by Babbel, which is like a language mm, uh, yeah. learning app. So I'm like, okay, are you just mentioning this because you want people to use your promo code at yep. Babbel.com? Well, we'll see in, I don't know, six weeks if he can hablo, habla, hable espanol. <laughs> I never know the ends of it. I know hablo is me. Hablas. I'm not going to even try. Sorry. Sorry, senorita. I'm a bad student. Which one? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I took it for four years. Yeah. My bad. My Spanish-speaking parents are probably just hanging their heads in shame. It's <laughs> their fault. They should taught you. They used it as a secret language, so we wouldn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> Smart. And it worked. We still don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, they also did mention that they're not going to be doing as much content creating because they just don't have time, uh, especially him. We might see some stuff from Karen, but probably won't be hearing too much from Miles, which he already wasn't about that life anyway yeah Yeah. his real shit going on (laughs) exactly he's trying to focus on his actual career he doesn't have time to be a youtuber (laughs) and then basically they give us a tour of their new place it's a you know cute little small two-bedroom they've got their master bedroom downstairs upstairs they've got the man cave aka the sneaker room so a man after my own heart (laughs) i too have a sneaker room does it look like that no i was just gonna say (laughs) one i have more sneakers Two, no. It's a mess. (laughs) It's also a storage space. There's just a bunch of shit and shoes. It could be like that one day. It could be. That cost a lot of extra money. Yeah. (laughs) To like buy all the little storage bins and all that. (laughs) Maybe one one day when I hit the lotto, I'm going to get Marie Kondo and she can come do There you go. Dreams. She makes you do it. You're going to have to get those home edit ladies. They do it for you. Okay. (laughs) Who do I need to write the check to? That's all I want to know. <laughs> the home edit ladies do it for you. Okay. Marie Kondo tells you how to do it and then she leaves you and then comes back and checks to see if you did your homework. We can do that now. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> But then Karen has her Zenden uh, in their like loft space. It's her like little office area. She says the dog's totally like overtaking it. Um, but <laughs> it's cute. It's still a work in progress. They're still trying to get it all together. But yeah. So they're just checking back in with us, collecting that babble check so they can buy a new couch. I don't know. (laughs) Then the last little bit of my YouTube roundup is I happened to watch a video. Shout out to Jesus and Miro. You know, I'm OG Bodega Gang, BX Stand Up. Okay. I was watching a clip from their YouTube channel where they were playing a game of guess where this reality star is from. Uh And they featured Jamie Otis. Did you know she was on The Bachelor? (laughs) No. She was on The Bachelor before she was on Married at First Sight. I'm not surprised. She was on season 16. 
of The Bachelor in 2012, and she was eliminated in seventh place. And then she was on a season of Bachelor Pad, which is like a Big Brother style show that they used to have, but now it's replaced by Bachelor in Paradise. And Mm -hmm. she was eliminated fourth on that. So then two years later in 2014, that's when she was on season one of Married at First Sight. I had no idea she was on The Bachelor. Why is she so terrible on TV, though, then? You know, like, I have only experienced her on that after show. I forgot mm-hmm. what it's called. And she's so she's so tight in front of the camera. You would think with all of this experience, she'd be very comfortable in front of the camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is very interesting. She loves, she loves it. She loves the attention. Or maybe she just loves love. Wanted to find her true, true one. Sure. Sure, Jan. <laughs> But yeah, that was a piece of cheese me I was not expecting to come across. And I was like, Yeah. Oh, so where where is she from? Wasn't that part of the thing? Like where are they from? The Bachelor. Oh, I thought you meant you like had to guess no, not what town no, they're from. What show they're oh. from. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> and it was a trick question because they had both. Yeah, mm-hmm. seventh place. That's pretty far into the game. All I know is they just got integrated like last year that's about it yeah i have no idea i i actually have never watched a single episode but i do know like from the previews like a whole gang of them show up at the beginning so i don't know how they get to the last few but i also saw a parody of it on family guy like so seven's pretty pretty close mm. okay that's all i got what you got i only got two things and one was like by accident I was on LinkedIn as I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. A familiar face comes up and it's Mark the Shark. And why? I'm not connected to Mark the Shark whatsoever, but I guess he posted something that went viral and someone else screenshotted it. So um, I'm using these numbers, but I'm pretty sure it has more by now. He posted a story about the person who started Bumble and how she actually founded this is kind of uh, I don't know the whole story but she founded tinder and was forced out and then she founded bumble which is like supposedly way more I don't think it's way worth way more but this post says it's worth way more than tinder <laughs> they both suck so there's that I don't know I do they suck <laughs> well Mark's post uh, according to this screenshot um was shared 2,637 times. There was 2,513 comments and 180,000 likes. Um, So on Reddit, someone commented that Mark does this all the time. He posts cheesy stories, uplifting sayings and cliches and whatnot in the hopes of it will go viral. And it finally went viral. So there's that. And then somebody else said he also posts a lot of, oh my gosh, I'm single kind of posts. I was like, on LinkedIn? That sounds like a terrible idea. So I just thought that was interesting. Thought I'd bring that up. Uh, Another thing that I dug up was that people are speculating about Dr. Viviana. As reported previously, we did hear that this was going to be her last season. But now we got a little more tea. And someone has said that the word on the street is that there's a, the whole reason behind her leaving was that there was a pay dispute, that she wasn't getting the pay she demanded. For what? You don't do anything. Right? What did you do? (laughs) What did you do? Because everybody seems really unhappy. (laughs) Right? You became a meme for everybody. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, that's all the cheese may I have. Um, You you brought it. You had some good ones. Power of YouTube. (laughs) All right. If you have any cheesemen, be sure to DM us on our social media. We are the Cheese McQueens podcast on Instagram and Cheese McQueens on Twitter. 
on Wednesdays, Igby Live tweets the episode, so go ahead and join her there. It's always a good time. It's a party. It is. Now, let's go ahead and cover this episode. Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 14, Igby. Hit me with the title. It's just a blip. <laughs> People really liked that during the dinner. <laughs> All right, you want to start us off? All right, so if we start off with uh, Dr. Pepper telling us that there's two more weeks until decision day, so the couples are going to be going to a retreat together. As all that's going on, we see the couples packing their bags and getting things ready to go on their road trip to Vermont. Uh, we see Olajuwon, he's teasing Katina about cooking for the group. If she's going to be showing <laughs> off her skills, and she's like, absolutely not. The last thing, she doesn't even want to cook for you. Why would she want to cook for six other people? Oh. I know. <laughs> uh, then we see Michael and Jasmina. He asks her if she knows where they're going. And she says Vermont for the weekend. And then <laughs> she asks him, do you know who you're married to? Because she's packed this like <laughs> giant bag with a whole bunch of stuff for two days. I felt triggered because that is me. I need my options. I definitely always overpack. Yeah, but she wore um, like funny shirts most of the time. <laughs> Well, she had to make sure. Uh, then we see Mark and Lindsay are trying to make a packing list. And then finally, Noi and Steve. Noi says she's sad that Sushi isn't coming along. But of course, she posted about this on social media because she has to keep the whole world up to date on what she's doing. Except her husband. <laughs> right. And Steve, like Steve has been saying, people were interpreting what she wrote incorrectly in thinking that Sushi is like gone to heaven, not gone to the kennel for the weekend. <laughs> they think the dog's dying. And this is why, this is a perfect example of what I've been trying to tell you. Mm -hmm. What you mean and what you say can be two different things. Uh, we also learned that Stephen Noy and Mark and Lindsay are neighbors. Yeah. I feel like on the, in the other seasons, they like lived on different floors and stuff, but Mark and Lindsay and Stephen Noy are right across the hall from each other. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do they hear each other screaming? Probably so. <laughs> uh, then we also see Olajuwon leave their apartment and there's a sign on the door that says, don't forget your diary, Cam. So <laughs> hopefully they have it packed. Uh, yes, I did pause it and zoom in to see what the sign said. <laughs> it could have been something else. It, I wanted it to be something more juicy, but it wasn't. No. Um, so then we get a montage of the couples driving to Vermont. Mark and Lindsay seem to be having, you know, playful time in the car. She's driving and trying to give him a wet willy in the ear. At the same time, he tells her that's against the law in Massachusetts. Uh, and then as they're driving down the road, she's pointing out the different exits and mentions which roads lead <laughs> to her ex's house. And <laughs> Mark says that she has some kind of commitment issues because she's got a boyfriend off of every street that they pass. <laughs> Jasmina says that she's excited because she's never been to Vermont and she's looking forward to taking a nice nap in the car while Michael drives. He shuts that down. And says there's no way she's going to sleep. <laughs> Michael also wonders who he's going to talk to on this trip. And Jasmina says, God, which <laughs> mm, wasn't wrong. <laughs> In a sense. Uh, then we see Katina and Olajuwon. They're wondering who's going to get sloppy drunk on the trip. Katina says it's going to be her. But then quickly <laughs> corrects herself and says, no, sir. Uh, as he gives her a look. Which, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Drunk Katina. It could be entertaining. Me neither, yeah. So put some truth serum in there. Right. But he don't yeah. drink. He drinks like he's one and done, according to the group. Yeah. So then we go back to Jasmina and Michael. 
This is when Mike points out a sign on the side of the road that Jasmina missed. Apparently, there's moose in the area. Meese? No. Mooses? <laughs> no. Just moose. <laughs> She's excited at the potential sight of a moose on the side of the road. Uh, and in ITM, Michael says that him and Jazz have made a lot of progress. And I was like, oh, okay, we're doing nicknames now. That's cute. Everybody called her Jazz. I see that now. Well, once we got mm-hmm. into the episode, but I was like, okay. Yeah. We're getting comfortable. Yes. They were so cute this episode. Thank you to you guys. Oh. They want to. They say they want to. Uh, in the car, he asks her what she's most excited about. And she says that she wants to tell scary stories by the fire pit. <laughs> He says that he's proud of them and the progress that they're making. They're having more conversations, but there's still a lot of work to do. They both are happy where they are in their relationship, but he's not sure if it's enough to say yes on decision day. Back in the car, he asked her, since there's only two weeks left in the experiment, what do they need to focus on most right now? She says building a deeper connection. She says she needs to have a certain kind of feeling, but that can happen at any moment. So they just got to keep it work through keep it. it going right he asks her on a scale from one to ten where they are are they at a one which is enemies or are they at a 10 being will and jada which is hilarious considering yes. what's <laughs> been going on event. lately it's like oh well i guess you know ride or die <laughs> yeah he's defending his woman but she says they're at a five you know straight down the middle I was, were you surprised about that? I was surprised about how low that was. I would have thought she was at least a six or seven. No, I'm not surprised she said five. Yeah? He immediately looked deflated. (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. And then that's when he asked her, like, does she need to be at a 10 in order for them to keep going or for her to say yes? And she says no, but she does need to be more than a five. Doesn't have to be 10, but... They still need to progress a little bit more. So back on the road, we see Steve and Noy driving. He, again, they're having this kind of similar conversation. He asks her how she feels about decision day being right around the corner. And if there's anything that she needs from him, she thinks that they've made good headway and that they're closer now because of their conversation previously that we saw in the last episode. Mm -hmm. He says he agrees, but the only unresolved issue is the social media stuff. They need to come to an agreement or an understanding about that. Steve says that he has a problem with the post because they're about and or directed towards him. It would be different if she was speaking in more general terms or if it was about herself, but because it's about him, that's the issue. Yeah. And then they just start to have a full out argument. Uh, She tells him that the post wasn't about him, but if he wants her to say that it is so that he can have that as part of his argument, then fine. She's such a baby. Oh my God. Yeah. She says that she has other relationships outside of the two of them and everything is not about Steve. So <laughs> he asks her point blank who it's about and she doesn't answer him, of course. Right. And they just keep going back and forth on this. He says that she doesn't want to make an adjustment to respect his privacy. And she says that he doesn't want to make an adjustment to allow her to express herself. Steve says that she can post online about their relationship, but she shouldn't be posting about their problems and broadcasting that to the world. She says that he doesn't have to be okay with what she posts or doesn't post. And he says that they're always going to have a problem if this doesn't get resolved. And she says, well, I guess you will. And he says, no, not me. We, (laughs) as in you and I, this is going to be a problem between us. He says that she's actively doing something to hurt him and is saying she doesn't care. Yeah. At this point, she just stays silent. She 
is just staring straight ahead out the window. Uh, in an interview, Steve says that he can't believe that she is still stuck on this. And it's not that he's just saying this. They even had professional in Pastor Cal tell her that this is not something you should be doing. Um, she's just not receiving it from anybody. And her mind is made up at this point. So next, we see them at the cabin house in Peru, Vermont. Now, you know, I did my research. Did you now? You know I did. So Peru, Vermont is about 150 miles from Boston. So it's about a three-hour drive. Okay. The house that they stayed at, which is actually two houses, is available on VRBO. It's 9,000 square feet, 11 bedrooms, eight bathrooms, Jesus. two kitchens with the option for a private chef. It's been newly renovated. It's on 20 acres. They've got the 32-foot saltwater pool, a game room a pool table, hot tub, and a sauna that's in its own building. So the main house has seven bedrooms and six bathrooms. There's only two bedrooms with bunk beds that we saw them joking about. Yeah. And then there's the second house, which is a guest house, has four bedrooms, two bathrooms, a game room with a bar, ping pong table, and another pool table. So it's nicely equipped. The going rate is $2,300 a night. And the property can accommodate up to 30 people. But yeah. if there's more than 22 people, it's an additional $150 a night per person. So, and they want you to book from Sunday to Sunday. So the, in the summer, especially, or in the busier times, they want you to rent out for a week. So yeah. if you had 22 people staying for a week, it would be about a hundred bucks a night per person. That's not bad. I was even thinking about that. You said there was 11 bedrooms. Mm -hmm. So 2,300 a night divided by 11, just say there's 11 single people. That's only 209, you know, a person. It's not bad. And it's beautiful. Yeah. So if you're looking for a vacation house in Vermont, check out VRBO. <laughs> so then we have all the couples arriving. Mark and Lindsay are first and Lindsay says that she wants the bedroom with the big window that they can see when they're driving up. Oh, wait. You're a uh, Real Housewives fan. Somebody mm -hmm. made a reference saying that Lindsay was Lindsay trying to be a Real Housewife. Is that like they're making a reference that she would that that what she was doing was something that happened on the show? Yeah, it always happens. Um, every time they go on vacation, it's it, the rooms are always an issue. Always. Oh. Every single time on every <laughs> franchise, every time they go on vacation, it's always an issue about who's going to get the master. Usually oh. it should, normally they default to whoever is hosting the trip gets the master. Yeah. Or if like something happened, like most recently uh, on the Real Housewives of Orange County, they just went on a vacation in Colorado and one of the cast members, Noella, wanted the master room because her dad just died that was her she's like i need this room because my dad died it's like what <laughs> like no you can't use like that card the, here <laughs> those are the kind of frivolous reasons people use <laughs> not to say that it's not like it's not frivolous but that's like absurd. no but like oh you, you just need a bed <laughs> yeah and it's like she didn't she didn't really even have like a relationship with him really well that and i'm sure these ladies aren't staying in dumps Exactly. You know, who, ca who cares if you get the master or not? That's really funny. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's it's, the reference? Okay. Yes. I wasn't, I was unsure, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So 
she once they park immediately jumps out of the car and tells mark that they need to divide and conquer because the other couples aren't far behind and they need to secure the best room in the house <laughs> they figure out which bedroom is the one with the window and mark their territory there then uh jasmina and michael show up jasmina already knows that since mark and Lindsay are there already they've already picked the best room that's when Mark comes out and says that he made sure to save them some bunk beds. <laughs> but once they go in the house, they claim the second best room and Mike christens it by diving face first into the bed. Uh, next couple to come is Steven and Noy. They are trying to play it cool because they just had the blow up in the car. She says that they're not there to fight. They're supposed to be having a good time. So she's just going to pretend everything is normal. Healthy. Which they kind of do successfully. They do. I really liked, I really enjoyed the montage of them fighting in the car. Production did that very well. <laughs> did, you, did you notice? <laughs> Didn't stick out to me. No, it was like they cut up the screen like a clock and was showing Noi bitching about certain things every, like going around in a circle. I don't remember that at all. Okay. Well, it was, it was pretty creative. <laughs> Have to go back and look. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, then... Katina and Olajuwon are the last to arrive, uh, but they love the place. They say it's a palace or mansion, and they talk about all the different amenities and stuff and how excited they are. So everybody's getting settled in. The ladies are changed into their bathing suits, and they're going to take a dip in the hot tub with a cocktail, and the guys are going to be inside making dinner. And I said, I know that's right. Then <laughs> get your ass to the kitchen. Of course, like we see Mike and Mark, they're starting off the dinner. Mark says the only thing he cooks is cold cereal and toast. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> mm. Then we see Olajuwon join them. He says both Mark and Steve say they're good cooks. Uh, Michael also says that he's a good cook, but Jasmina has been served raw shrimp. So he's <laughs> not really rocking with that. We see that Steve has planned to make pasta. He's kind of taking head chef role here. So they're going to make pasta with or spaghetti with meat sauce, and then shrimp alfredo. Then we see all the guys pitching in, except Olajuwon. Big surprise. Mm -hmm. He says his contribution is going to be taste tester. Of course, he's a useless waste of space, as usual. Yep. Uh, then they start talking about how things are going and have been going since they all last were together at the indoor volleyball games. Mark says that they have two weeks left in the experiment, and the last three days have been peaceful, where he and Lindsay have not argued. Coming into this experiment, he hoped at the end of the eight weeks he would be in love, but going through the actual process, it's more about liking your partner and wanting to see where it goes. You might not necessarily fall in love in eight weeks, but you should at least be in like. <laughs> he says that him and Lindsay have been so hot and cold from week to week and day to day that he doesn't want to say no, but he also can't say yes either. He's in limbo as usual. Do you think he is? Do you do you really think he is? Or do you no. think he's made up his mind? Because yeah, like, if it was me, I'd be like, this bitch crazy. Yep. I'm just going to save face and look like I'm trying, but I'm out. Especially after that volleyball thing where she's crying and he's just like spaced out. Like he's yeah. not even paying attention to anything she's saying. <laughs> I think he's done. Yeah. Especially at the end of this episode. But, yeah. but even at the beginning of this where he's like pretending that they're good and like, no, you're out. I know you're out. I don't blame him. Mm -mm. But in this scene, he says that Lindsay is there for him no matter what. And he's she's also there for the cats, his mom, all that. 
there's nothing that she wouldn't do. So there are positives, but he says that he feels like their connection is good because she's a good partner. And if they could stay positive, it could go somewhere. But therein lies the rub. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the hot tub, Lindsay tells the girls that Mark has been hit by life at every angle. She's getting so consumed by handling his stuff, she can't even think about decision day because she's too busy thinking about the day-to-day life stuff and taking care of him. Uh, There needs to be a balance somewhere. She didn't want to come in and assume the role of mother and caregiver, but here we are. But what is she doing exactly? Like, that's the thing is like, a lot of people lose their jobs. You you have lost your job and you weren't falling apart at the seams, like. I know some, it hit, hits people hard. I understand yeah. that, especially if they love their job and uh, have friends at their job. And But he seems pretty pretty good. Like, I don't see where she's saying his life is falling apart and that, you know, he's, he needs her and she needs to clean up everything. Like, what it really, what has she done? Other than I'll give her the hazmat suit or painter suit that's up for discussion <laughs> and, uh, and uh, the bed bug situation. I give her that. But like everything else, like he seems to be okay. And I feel like they kind of talk about it on After Party where it's like, she's putting this on herself. He didn't ask you to do any of this or take care of anything. You decided you were going to come in and do all this. So you can't Mm -hmm. complain. You took it on. Yeah. Yourself. Whatever that is that you're doing, which I still am not clear what it is. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Next, we see Olajuwon and Mike talking. Olajuwon says that Jasmina and Michael have made a lot of progress and are getting closer. Mike says, yeah, they are, but it took some time. This is when Olajuwon says he actually prayed for them. And I was like, what? A heart? Human characteristics. (laughs) And Mike seemed just as surprised as I was because he's like, really? (laughs) Well, that is sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you're being a good friend. Yeah. You might be a shitty husband, but you seem like an okay friend. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Uh, Mike says that they're in a good place now, but it just sucks that it took so long for them to get there because now it's like time wasted. They're racing against the clock, basically. At this point, they can't afford to stall or backtrack. They have to keep progressing forward because they just don't have time. Steve chimes in that Mike should keep in mind that even if there was a dip in their relationship, that could still be progress. But in Mike's mind, at this point, they can't afford to dip because that could end up being a cliff and that be the end of it all. Yeah. Back in the hot tub, Lindsay tells Jasmina that she's come a long way in the last six weeks. Jasmina says that they really have, but she's still worried that she's not going to have romantic feelings for Mike, especially since there's only two more weeks left. She says that she's nervous that decision day is going to come and she's still going to be unsure. And much like Mike was saying, it really was, you know, taking so long for them to progress that they didn't really have two months. They only have one month left or one month of, you know, actual interaction. Interaction, yeah. of that, they've already lost two weeks. So they only have two weeks left. So they're cutting it close. They ask her what she would rate this month as. And she says they've been good. At the end of the day, she's still hopeful. They made a promise that they would treat every day like decision day. And they are really trying to do that. Katina says that she hopes that the weekend can ignite some sparks between them. (laughs) They can even use the hot tub. Gross. (laughs) Uh, Back in the kitchen, Steve lets the guys know about his problem with Noi and social media. He basically tells them what's going on and how she's sending him sub subliminals online. 
uh, he tells the guys that he's communicated to her that it's hurtful to him. And her response is that he's trying to censor her. He asks if they agree with that or if they can see where she's coming from. Or even if there's a middle ground because he doesn't feel like there really is. Yeah. Olajuwon says that if it's hurtful to Steve, then she needs to stop. He also says that maybe she doesn't understand that what she's posting was a really strong statement and she's not taking it as seriously as Steve is taking it. I don't think she will get the picture unless it sounds like super childish, but since she's childish, it might hit her a different way if he posted something about her and she'd be like, oh, wait a minute. I don't like that. Maybe it would register in her brain (laughs) because that's how childish she is. A full on war. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Steve says that decision day is right around the corner and he's out here doing the most. He's holding down the two bathrooms. He's taking out sushi. He's cooking five (laughs) nights a week. And that's still not good enough. He says the whole situation is tough because he hasn't been able to get through to her and he has no idea what else he can do at this point. It's hard to give her feedback without upsetting her. And he doesn't know if this is going to be resolved by decision day. So the guys finish cooking dinner and everybody sits down at the table as a group. Everybody thanks Steve and his sous chefs for cooking dinner and they do a little toast. Okay, did you see that shot of the spaghetti? Where like Lindsay was getting it out of the pot and it was like all clumped together in like one big ball. No. <laughs> I was like, that looks disgusting. She's probably offended as an Italian, one. And which and two, I think this is really funny because Steve made such a big fucking deal about his noodles. <laughs> right? <That's> right. <laughs> Lindsay, yeah. Lindsay's offended because she knows how to do it right. And Noi can use this as as just something to stick it to him. (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was funny. I was like, "Mm, that doesn't look great at all. Uh, Somehow Katina is able to recognize that Olajuwon cut up the onions in like the salad or whatever. I was like, how does she? She's like, you cut the onions, didn't you? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, y'all are dumb. Stupid. (laughs) We also learn that Mark is living the low carb lifestyle. Shout out to you. It's tough out here in these streets. You can tell uh, he looks good on uh, whenever he comes up on after party. He mm-hmm. looks really trim, actually. Well, that's what Olajuwon says. He says he's been watching Mark and he's noticed he's gotten a little snatched <laughs> lately. And before he could even say anything, Lindsay says, yeah, it's because his wife is limiting his salt intake. Basically, she's the best thing that's ever happened to him. He hasn't been this healthy since his 20s, and now she's gotten him back on track. You know, she's just the savior of his life. Oh, my God. Then she starts making these, like, weird noises, and Jasmina and Noi give her, like, looks like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, Then Katina takes the helm of the conversation and asks who needed this couple's retreat and if they think it's going to help with their marriage and bonding and all that. And again, Lindsay butts in and says that, one of them isn't going to be leaving the house, like as in somebody's going to die. Yeah, like a murder mystery or something. Right. And then she starts laughing like a maniac. Yep. That's exactly what the caption said. Laughing maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so both Jasmina, Noi, and Mark are giving her a look. Mark has Mark eyes. Of course. Noi tells her that her laugh is crazy and she needs to stop. <laughs> Uh, like in an ITM, she says that Lindsay is quirky and funny and kind of loud, and it's a lot. A lot, which is all anybody can seem to describe Lindsay as. They're too polite. Yeah. 
Back at the table, Olajuwon asks how things have been going since volleyball, and he's kind of directing it towards Jasmina and Michael. Michael says that one of the issues that Jasmina has had is that she felt like she didn't know Michael enough because they weren't having those deep conversations where she got an understanding of who he is. But since the volleyball games, they've been doing that more. And he says he doesn't know if she agrees or disagrees, but he feels like he's really trying. She says she disagrees, but we know Jasmina is the jokester. <laughs> and she cracks a smile and says she's just kidding. Uh, and they laugh it off. And like we were saying before, like, I don't know why people call her a nice queen. I think Jasmina is funny. I think she's so funny. I think yeah. she's just getting a wacky edit. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, you know. She's probably true to her word. Like at the beginning, she wasn't giving Michael anything. She wasn't because he wasn't putting in anything for her. But now that he's trying, now she's revealing more of her personality. And now we get to see that too. So just progression. So next they ask Mark and Lindsay about how they've been. Mark says that they've had a good week. Lindsay says that what she likes about Mark is that he's able to pull her out of her thoughts when she's like kind of lost in her mind and is thinking negatively he reminds her that it's just a blip don't fall into the spiral Olajuwon says that he likes the term blip and he's gonna start using it he's gonna take it to the (laughs) streets like we said before then Jasmina starts joking she's like oh yeah me and my shorty had a little blip but we cool (laughs) then like Olajuwon's like yeah she was blipping and tripping And of course, Lindsay eats this up and proclaims herself to be a trendsetter. Oh my God. She's loving the attention. Uh, Michael says that he's glad that they're in a good place. It's nice to see Mark smile. He didn't have shifty eyes, like he was worried about what she was going to say. And Lindsay kind of says, you know, look at that, Pastor Cal, take that. So next, they go to <laughs> Katina and Olajuwon. Katina says they haven't had any issues or blips. They're kind of on a good streak right now. Olajuwon says he's going to give all the credit to Katina for their marriage being so smooth. She really is holding him down and is really putting in effort and it's gone higher and higher each week. He says, thank you. And Mark says that it's nice to see them happy together. Jasmina says they're disgusting. (laughs) I know he always says like she's putting in a lot of, what about him? Like, it feels like this marriage is all up to Katina. Yeah, because and whether he's perfect. He's perfect, and whether she meets his criteria, you know, it's on her whether yeah. he can accept her or not as right. his wife. Right. Ugh. It's all on Disgusting. his terms. Disgusting. But Katina's like, ew, feelings. <laughs> and they all laugh. Olajuwon says that this is the first relationship where he hasn't taken the lead. Katina has to remind him it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he thanks her, although he can't look her in the face. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. I thought it was just because he was full of feelings. I don't know. He's full <laughs> of something. <laughs> Last, they get to Steve and Noy. And since Noy wasn't at the volleyball uh, game since she was sick, they haven't really caught up on them. Um, Steve, again, brings up the social media thing. So I guess social media is the new finances. That's the new fight since mm-hmm. they've res- resolved quote unquote the finance thing by kind of talking but not talking about it he asks her if she's comfortable to talk about it at the table and she says no which of course she says no because all noi does is avoid conversation mm-hmm. um, he asks her why and she says because she doesn't feel like it so you can see steve is stuck like he already did, said he didn't know what else he could do so he thought you know putting the pressure on her and kind of calling her out in front of everybody was gonna 
possibly get this conversation to happen, but didn't work. Nope. Um, he also tells her that he thinks it's weird that she's comfortable posting on all their business online, but doesn't want to talk in front of people mm-hmm. now all of a sudden. And and ITM, Noi says that she feels like Steve was intentionally trying to ambush her in front of the other couples, and it really made her mad. As she's saying this in the voiceover, you can see her at the table, like visibly uncomfortable and upset. Yeah. Yeah. So they cut back to the table where Steve is saying that he's glad it came up in the car and they got to discuss it a little bit. So at least the ball is rolling. But if she doesn't want to talk about it at the dinner, they don't have to. It says, okay. And that was the end of the awkward end of a group dinner. (laughs) And it keeps going. It keeps, the, the awkwardness keeps going for some. Uh, we, all the, all the couples are starting to, uh, get ready for bed. We see Mike has brought his candles. I thought I was the only person to do that. No, Mike loves his candles and, um, he can't go anywhere without them apparently. And, and this amuses Josemina a lot. I think it's really funny. They're banter back and forth. She's just trying to keep the vibes going. That's it. And uh, Elijah and Katina are getting all snuggle bunnies. Uh, Lindsay is completely molesting Mark in front of America. And Mark is visibly uncomfortable. And uh, she's, ugh, I'm surprised no one had punched her in the face. That we know of. <laughs> that we know of, because she's annoying. Oh, my gosh. And then we get to Steve and Noy, and their awkwardness has, uh, you know, continued into the bedroom. Steve brings up the social media stuff again. Noy's upset about him bringing up their business in front of the other couples. He says he wants to know when they can talk about it. And she says, not in front of other people, not in front of the other couples, not now. He, he agrees. And he wants them to be on the same page and have a good time while they're on this trip. And all she says is, mm-hmm, so, so childish. And uh, apparently they have, they had agreed on what sides to sleep on. So they swap sides of the bed. And he tells her he doesn't want to go to bed mad. Uh, he wants to squash, you know, the issue for now and move on and they can resolve it later, just like they've resolved everything else. And um, he asks if, if she would snuggle him for a little bit and um, she gets in there. Her arms are crossed and he's like, you can do better than that. And uh, she does. And that's where it ends. It was just a little, it was a little weird. <laughs> I'm mad. I don't want to snuggle you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay to go to bed mad. I think that's, that's a weird. I know people always... That's their uh, marriage advice all the time. Don't go yeah. to bed, man. Um, I think that comes from people who like die in their sleep and then they can't resolve anything. Like, I understand that part would make you feel really guilty, but they're not going to die. <laughs> I'm going to say 99% of the time they're not going to die. So just go to sleep mad and figure it out in the morning. You'll feel better. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But why? Why Why can't I go to bed, man? You can. That's it's all up to you. I'm just saying. I guess the other person might be like up. I, I mean, I have no problems going to sleep at all. Um, so maybe the other person would be like worried and restless about it. Like, yeah, I can see that, I guess. But I guess I don't have any sympathy for that. Don't make me mad. <laughs> in the morning, we see Elajuan and Katina are in bed and they are excited for the day. They're going to play with animals. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> Then we get to Mike and Jasmina, and they are also in bed, and she is very excited for the field day that they have both planned. Uh, he's nervous because they're going to see a medium as well, and Jasmina laughs because he didn't know what a medium was. And she asks him if he believes in that, and she says he does, and he's going to take what he wants to take from this medium and leave what he doesn't want to take and what doesn't resonate with him. 
And Jessamine is just like really adamant. She wants him to be mentally prepared because it's going to be a lot. And he's going to hear things that are going to be surprising. And she just wants him to take care of himself. In ITM, Jasmina says that she believes in mediums. She's seen all the shows. She thinks that this will bring them closer together. Talking about their past and talking about their future. It's only going to go, you know, in a positive way for them and their connection. She does want to make sure that he's doing it for himself and not for her. We go back to them in bed and Mike says that he's going in open and she tells him that she'll be there for him and she'll fight her too. And she doesn't, she just doesn't want him to think that he has to do it because he doesn't help. And that's where we leave them. And then we get to Lindsay who is waking up Mark by tickling him and kissing him. And Mark doesn't like it. And this is how I know that Mark doesn't like his wife. <laughs> I was like, he is just putting it on saying that he's gonna, he doesn't know what he's going to decide. But if a beautiful woman is kissing on you and, and trying to wake you up, a man who's attracted to his partner would be like, oh, let me get up. But Lindsay is just annoying as hell. He does not like her. He says, he says he doesn't want to be licked like licorice. He says he'll meet her on the porch in an hour. In an ITM, Lindsay says that she likes to get up early and make the most of her day. She doesn't like that Mark sleeps all the time. Apparently, Mark is like the first to go to bed, the last to wake up, and he wants to take a nap. And I was like, Mark is me. <laughs> That's what I said on Twitter. I was like, girl, Mark is old. Like <laughs> That sounds great. He's I want to be the I want to be the first to go to bed. It just doesn't happen, <laughs> but I'll take a nap. If someone's offering me a nap, I'm going to take a nap. I'm telling you right there. <laughs> she continues to poke him and he continues to tell her to stop. He tells her to stop repeatedly. Uh, eventually, they end up on the porch drinking coffee. He starts talking about their plans for the day and that they're going to have a sound bath. And he tells her that she needs it because she's hyper all the time. And then she completely flips out. This was a major overreaction. And she says he's rude. And that he's being insulting. And he's like, it was just a joke. And she says it's not funny. And she doesn't want to talk to him anymore. And in ITM, she says that that Mark has been making digs at her all the time, especially this morning. And she feels like a punching bag. And ITM, Mark says it's okay for her to joke and poke him. And when he tells her to stop, it's okay to continue and keep doing what she's doing. But it's not okay for him to, to make one joke. And it's always about her. And now she's just going to be pissy all day and it's going to be miserable and he's going to be miserable. We go back to another ITM with Lindsay and she says she's learned not to base her feelings on how other people talk to her. She cuts, she has cut those people out of her life like her mother. She's going to help him with his cat on Wednesday and then send him on his merry way. So I don't know what is happening with his cats, but she's, she's done for this segment. <laughs> so ridiculous i don't even i don't like i would be completely mark reacted like like this happens all the time yeah but if it was yeah i i he 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 handled it really well because i'd be like what are you talking about you are insane and that's what he tells her later he's like you got all this from what happened this morning (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah she pulled it all out over your hyper that's all he said your hyper (laughs) next we get to Katina and Olajuwon and they're going to look at some alpacas. Katina says that the horse situation on their honeymoon did not go well. So she's looking for some redemption. Olajuwon loves animals apparently but doesn't know what he's about to 
mess with. He, I'll get to it, but he calls him a few different things. Um, Christina says that she wants to be fearless like him, and she wants to show him that she can do this. The farmer of the Apaca farm says that they just had a baby alpaca. It was born like 15 minutes ago, and... Only 2% of alpacas are born in captivity, and there's only 50,000 in America. So very rare and so very cute. That little thing was so cute. Um, and they're getting closer to look at the baby, and one of the alpacas like lunges towards them and scares the shit out of Olajuwon. It's really funny. The alpaca has um, is trying to deliver the afterbirth, and the farmer says the dogs are going to rip into it. I was like, ew. Yeah, why would you let the dogs eat it? <laughs> I know. It sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> you know, like, eh, animals and eating animals. Far says that now Katina's never going to have children. It'll do something to you. I saw a cow being born as a mm-hmm. kid. And I've also seen a baby born. Yeah. Good. I'm good on all that. No thanks. There was an ITM. I didn't write anything down except that Olajuwon mispronounces placenta. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> Olajuwon mispronounces a lot of things. I know. That was so fun. Okay, and uh, then Elijah starts to walk Hershey, and then Katina wa- walks Hershey, the alpaca. She says she's the captain of this ship. If he runs, she will release him. <laughs> and then Elijah says they're they're living this rich life now. They don't walk dogs. They, but then he's like, I don't know what this is called, but we're walking these. And then he calls them gazebos in an ITM. He also calls them llamas in an ITM. <laughs> like no gazebos. kid. It's like the gazebo is not even an animal. <laughs> He's probably thinking of gazelles, but those are like nowhere close to alpacas. Yeah. Llama. Oh okay. I get it. Yes. But, gazebos. Yeah. No. Um, and then Katina starts running with the alpaca and then it goes sideways real quick. And Elijah one has to go and kind of help her out. He says that he loves how engaged and involved Katina is. It's sexy and attractive. After all that fun, they have a picnic. Katina says that they, they're they hitting a new level in the relationship, but she wants some deeper conversations. Elajuan brings up, he's like, okay, you want some deep conversations? Let me lay this out for you. He brings up that she wants to have kids in two years, but she... Also wants to start her career in two years because I guess she's finishing school in two years. Katina says they have a different mindset because she was raised in a single parent household. But wasn't he too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she says that she can have it all. She can have a family and she can have a career at the same time. No problem. Elajuan says that he sacrificed so that he wouldn't have to struggle now. She did the opposite. She went and had some fun the last five years. She chose to have fun. He says there's nothing wrong with that. No offense. And she she just has to adjust her timeline. She says, does he think that she has to adjust her timeline? And he says, yes, because it affects him. Her having kids will weigh heavy on him because she's not established. He's not going to put a load on himself. Travel isn't realistic. And you're old too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Katina says that she knows what she can do. And I was proud of Katina in this moment a little bit. I think she could have taken it further, but she really stood her ground and like, I know what I'm doing, fool. I know what my limits are. I can have I can have children and I can start a career because guess what? People do it every single day. <laughs> True that. Mm. And at ITM, Olajuwon says he wanted a woman who was already established in her career. He doesn't want to take care of a kid and a woman. And he likes he likes Katina though. 
And that's why he's sticking this out. And then I TM with Katina. She says he's too militant and he wants it this way. Um, and she's more go with the flow and she just, you know, can reevaluate the situation in two years. And it, he's just not like that. And they kind of close the conversation with that he wants Katina to be realistic. And he wants to evaluate the timeline to see if it matches up with his. He's not watching his own babe, okay? You need to That's be at what... home to do that. <laughs> I was like, does he not, not understand? Does he not understand, like, basic, I don't know, leave of absence or something? I don't understand why he's thinking that just because she started a job that she can't have a baby. It's called maternity leave. No, she needs to she... be at home, period. <laughs> not and just... she sounds like she has a legit job right now. Who's to say that she's just not going to be moving up in what she's already doing? Like, I don't understand him at all. No, she's at home doing nothing all day, which is why she should be <laughs> cooking and cleaning. Oh my God. Duh. I hate this guy so much. I took a lot of uh, joy. I got a lot of joy uh, when he was losing in all the field day stuff. So that happened. Um, but before we get to that, next we're at some sort of fun park with Noi and Steve. Noi says they're both adventurous and playful people, and it was it should be a really good date. They go on like a ski lift kind of thing. Noi's apparently afraid of heights, and then they go to on this like mini roller coaster, individual roller coaster kind of thing. I've never seen anything like that. And uh, they do a bungee jump and like some sort of pendulum ride, and they look like they're having a good time. But then they sit and chat. <laughs> Noe says it's important for them to set aside time and do new and fun things and different things every once in a while because they didn't get to do that stuff. All they did was get married and get serious. And Steve says that there's still time to resolve their issues. They just need to find a middle ground on their main issue. She reiterates that she didn't want to talk about, uh, you know, about all the social media stuff the previous night especially in front of the other couples he asks if that's fair she can talk about her problems to the world but when he wants to bring it up in front of their friends that makes her uncomfortable she says that he did bring it up he brought it up anyway and he's like no 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 i brought up the fact that you have already told the world our problem and that's a fact not the actual issue and she says you know she's she's already pretty much done <laughs> He says that they need to figure out what's fair and what they are comfortable sharing about their marriage and what they are not comfortable sharing about their marriage. And all she says is, yeah, they're still figuring out how to trust each other. And that's it. Again, a conversation that has solved absolutely nothing. Shocker. Ooh. I am not rooting for them anymore. <laughs> I feel like Steve is really, like people, a lot of people hate Steve for some reason. I'm not sure why. He seems pretty reasonable. He seems very emotionally intelligent. Um, and she just seems like a terrible person at this point. Um, They're just jealous because yeah. he's rich. <laughs> People are so adamant about him not being rich. And no one is saying he's super rich. All we're saying is he has cushion. No, he's a millionaire. <laughs> he could be. Could be. What do you think his 17 word phrase is? <laughs> For his crypto wallet. I don't know. Good to think of one. LED lights. <laughs> Hot tub enthusiast. <laughs> Wedding DJ. Part Wedding DJ. Can't forget that. <laughs> Wonderlust. <laughs> I know. What if his his, his uh, password's like super ass basic? Yeah, where could be that? 27 phrases is a lot to remember. It is a lot. So next we see Lindsay coming out of their bedroom onto the deck. 
and then down to the fire pit area where Mark has lit a fire and is rocking in a rocking chair like the old man he is. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm not either. Although it seems like, well, no, she had a jacket on, but she had on shorts. I was like, is it hot? Because I don't seem by a fire potato. This is true. That's just not fun. But he asks her what she thinks of the fire and she says she's seen better. Then she goes on to tell him that Even that, even that is just so rude for no reason. No, he's rude. (laughs) (laughs) And she's such a little actress. I hate it. I hate it so much. Anyway. Uh, She goes on to tell him that she is not happy with him. And he asks her to sit down so they can talk about it. Lindsay says that she's frustrated because it's hard for Mark to understand how he's hurt her when she's trying to make the best of the situation. He thinks everything is all good, but the damage is already done in her mind. She says, uh, or she tells Mark that she thinks that he's more negative than positive at times. She says she's trying to take Pastor Cow's advice of saying, okay, and kind of walking away from the situation. She tries to avoid the negative energy in the situation uh, and just, you know, take a moment. Mark says that he didn't mean to upset her with his joking. And in ITM, he says that even when he's joking, she always twists it around to make him into the bad guy. He was just joking and now she's pissy about it. It goes back to them at the fire pit and Lindsay says that Mark is quick to say, oh, I'm just kidding or it's just a joke or I didn't mean it. You took it the wrong way. But what he really needs to be saying to her is I'm sorry. She says that the constant little digs are really weighing on her and she doesn't think he realizes how much. She feels like he views her as less than and this is her way. This is his way of trying to put her down. Mark seems a little bit taken aback. Because he, like we were saying before, was like, okay, you got all of this from (laughs) the one little statement this morning. And she says, yes. (laughs) Duh, you dumbass. (laughs) Back in the ITM, Mark says that he's annoyed because this is a shit that he doesn't want to have to deal with all day long now. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when Lindsay gets in one of her moods and starts throwing a temper tantrum. They go back to the bonfire and Lindsay is saying that she was having a good morning and was feeling really centered and that might be intimidating for Mark. And that's why she thinks that he goes on these, uh, you know, he goes into doing these negs uh, to try to put her down. He says that's not the case. He's not intimidated by her. And he wasn't trying to make her upset, but he's sorry if now that's how she feels. And that's kind of the end of that. <laughs> so next, well, last week when we saw the previews for this episode, we were wondering, who the hell is that lady that Michael and Jasmine are talking to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we learned that she really actually... wants them to stay together for some reason. <laughs> she can see it. Uh, so they're actually going to meet with a medium. Her name is Lauren. So that's their activity. Now, personally, I don't deal with this spooky doo shit. Like, no, we're not doing this at all. I'll give you but, my opinions after after your summary. But I think part of it is I know it's real or I think it's real. I know it's real. because I, I have I completely. Uh, yeah, I because I have my own level of like clairvoyance, which is why I'm like, I'm too open to it. So I'm mm-hmm. not even I'm not even opening the door because I know something can happen. Mm hmm. Thanks, dad. I got it from my dad. My dad is the same way. Like, (laughs) and I hate it. I'm like, I don't want to be able to feel this or know this. Like, I don't want it, but have it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I believe it 100%. Um, I remember, here's one that was really spooky. In middle school, I had a dream. I was walking down the patio around the corner at school. And there's like this little drop off cliff area from when you go into a courtyard. 
And I remember this certain girl, I don't even know her, and she fell off. She walked and kind of like fell off and went down the hill. And then it happened like three weeks later. I was walking and go, that's that same girl. I hope she didn't fall down. And <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I'm a psychic. It's crazy. All the time. All the time. Crazy. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. And even re- most recently, I had a, like I walked in, my baby started crying like crazy, crazy, crazy screaming, crying. And I went in and I just felt like a really negative presence in his room. And I just took the baby out. I was like, I'm not even going to rock the baby, put him back in the bed. I'm just going to take him to my bed. And like, I get, I get feelings and weird things like that all the time. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm a hundred percent a believer of mediums and all that shit. I don't even want to hear it. And like, I'm surprised (laughs) Mike, like considering all the loss that he's had in his life, like I'd be scared. I'd be so scared. But on the other side too, like he probably misses all those people. Maybe he wants to know. I can see both sides of that. I'd be scared shitless. <laughs> but then, yeah, that's what Mike says. He says, well, Lauren says, like, don't be afraid. And he's like, I'm already afraid <laughs> when they, like, are going to sit down. She, but I will say that she seems very, um, she's so positive and she's so um, approachable and open. Like, if you want someone to deliver bad news, it's her. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She's, like, harmless. She seems harmless is the be- a good, better word for it. I mean, they get started with, like you're saying, she asked them what she can do to make them feel more comfortable. And Mike says, just tell us whatever you need to tell us. We're open to receiving it. <laughs> so she goes on to say that like the whole, her whole mission is healing and helping people uh, find healing. And she feels like Mike needs that. Uh, she says she's getting a message about something big happening between three and four years old and she asked them if anything life changing happened during that time and we know that that's when michael's brother passed away she goes on to ask how he passed and mike tells her that he was shot she asks him if it was in the chest because she can feel like a traumatic blow to the chest and he says yeah that's spot on then she starts asking about the number 13 and he says him and his brother 13 years apart uh, Lauren tells Michael that his brother is good. It took him a while to get all the way over on the other side, but she also confirms that his brother has been sending him messages. And when he appears like in dreams and stuff, that's him. Um, and Mike says all of this is true and has happened. And, and ITM Jasmina says that it's really shocking to hear that this medium knows all this stuff. And it's like so dead on. It makes her put even more trust in Lauren and really listen to what she has to say. So back in the session, the medium uh, asked if there's something around prostate with Mike's family. And again, on the money, he says that that's how his dad passed away, prostate cancer. So they go back to the ITM and again, Jasmina is talking about how she's worried about um, if this what kind of toll this is going to take on Michael hearing all this stuff and getting brought back up again. It's even making her emotional just being there with him. This is when the editors decide to give us a break and, you know, kind of lighten up the mood. So they start talking about them as a couple in their future. Lauren asks if there's a lot of boys in Michael's family. And he says, no, there's a lot of girls. Lauren says that she thinks Michael is going to be having boys and a lot of them. She also asks about multiples and if they're present in either one of their families. Jasmina says no. Michael says there's triplets in his family, but Lauren says she sees twins. (laughs) And not only does she see twins, she sees them in about a year and a half and they're both shook. Yep. (laughs) Like imagine, like (laughs) we don't even kiss. How are we going to have a baby in a year and a half? Right. (laughs) 
But in a voiceover, we hear Jasmina say she's always wanted to have twins, but they don't run in her family. And so she's really surprised that Lauren knew that. Medium, she knows everything. She can see in your brain. (laughs) Then it goes back to the session and Lauren says that she sees them living in sunny California. She asks them if they've talked about this or if this was an idea. Jasmina says that it's always something that's been in the back of her mind. She always wanted to end up in a sunny place. Then Lauren asks them if they're going to get a boat. <laughs> that was so weird. And they're yeah, both confused. But Jasmina jokes that their future is kind of like wild. They've got twins, a house in California, a boat. They got money. We're doing pretty good in the future. (laughs) Uh, Then they start talking about their relationship some more. Lauren tells Jasmina that Michael was really scared to do the experiment, but fell in love with her right away. It was truly love at first sight. Of course, Jasmina perks up and is like, really? (laughs) And Mike tries to play it off and says, you know, I don't know about all that, but my breath was taken away the first time I saw her. And Lauren's like, that's love, bro. (laughs) then um she asks if they have any final questions to close out the session jasmina says that they have two weeks until decision day and if she has any light to shed on that go for it lauren says that she feels like they're supposed to be together she tells michael he's not going to find anyone like jasmina for a very long time if they choose not to stay together um he said she says that it would be probably about five years before he finds love again if they say no at decision day and he tell she tells Jasmina for her it would probably be maybe a year and a half before she met somebody else, but she would in hindsight regret getting divorced. Like the gla- grass may not necessarily be greener on yeah. the other side. Um, she also tells them that they have a beautiful bond and that it really is mutual. They just don't know it yet. And at that, they just kind of look each other in the eye. That's the end of their session. So I will mm-hmm. say I do believe in mediums. This lady seemed very nice, but all the information she gave them could be fed to her. or By production? Googled, uh-huh, or Googled. Or Googled. Just give him Michael's name. I'm sure they wrote an article on his brother dying. You can look up his dad and see, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I think production knows all that information. And Well, even on After Party, Jasmina said the medium knew a lot of stuff about her, too. They just didn't show it. I guess didn't it wasn't show it. as interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But she said that's why it made her, like, like she said really believe her because she was just so like dead on with the stuff she knew about both of them Mm, okay Mm. i believe in mediums i'm just saying what they showed yeah could all be from interviews of the past with the experts or whoever does the work how does she know that they're gonna get a boat i could tell you you're gonna get a boat you're not a medium though i know but if i was i'd be like man you're gonna go to california you can get a boat you can have a car Cause I'm not a medium. Anyway. Anyway. So the next couple activity is Mark and Lindsay getting their sound bath since they're having such a great day. <laughs> this seems fun. Like it seems relaxing to me. I would do this. I wouldn't pay a lot of money for it. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, it seems right up her alley with hippy dippy Lindsay. So. But you remember when they went to um that little campsite or whatever? And they were mm-hmm. on their way, and she's like, "You're not taking me some hippy dippy sound bath shit, are you? You remember that? No. She she said that, and so I think it's really funny that he did it anyway. <laughs> and he even says he doesn't think she's gonna like it. Yeah, because she said that comment. It was so rude. Then yeah. Then why would you do it? Yeah. Because uh, he know. doesn't like her. 
and he wants a nap and quiet time. So they go out to the, they're still at the fire pit kind of area. And the instructor is asking them if they do yoga or anything like that, or if they know anything about their shock with them or metaphysical body. They kind of (laughs) know. Shocker. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He says that every note that he plays is going to represent a different chakra and they just need to breathe and relax. And he starts with the root chakra. Now I immediately knew what was going to happen. I knew Lindsay was going to be all into it and Mark was going to go sleep. Like I knew. (laughs) At least he wasn't snoring. (laughs) That's true. So they show them doing the sound bath and Lindsay says that it's really relaxing She's surprised that it's triggering emotions in her and they're kind of coming to the surface. Once, you know, the instructor opened her third eye and she could see clear. (laughs) That's when she got this overwhelming uh, presence and sense of her grandfather. She said she could really feel his energy around her. It made her feel comforted and loved. Very beautiful. They even show a shot where she is crying um, during the sound bath. Uh, because she's, you know, like she said, getting all these emotions. Uh, but then they wrap up the session. The instructor tells them when they feel comfortable, they can sit up. Lindsay eventually sits up, sit, uh, crisscross applesauce. And Mark doesn't move a muscle because he's dead asleep. <laughs> uh, so she reaches over to wake him up. And as she's doing this, she tells him he's got a spider on him. And he's slowly waking up and he sees the spider. And he says that she put it on him on purpose. <laughs> Closing out, uh, Lindsay says that she wishes Mark could have met her grandfather since he's so special to her. He was a very stubborn man, so she's used to having difficult men in her life. She should have seen the foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was their activity. Sit and be quiet. Sit and be quiet, please. (laughs) So I can have one moment of peace. Right. Next, we have field day and Beyonce's here. (laughs) Are we going to sing and dance? (laughs) Just me and my... Have matching shirts on. Mike's shirt says the boss. Jasmina is the real boss. In an ITM, they explain that they are hosting the field day. They are the hostess with the mostest, says Jasmina. But Mike is not going to co-sign on that one. <laughs> and she, even Jasmina just cracks me up. She's walking and she's like, it's a pleasure to meet me. <laughs> oh, man. So they are hosting this field day. They're explaining the activities that they're going to be doing. They're going to do flip cup, kickball, and dodgeball. And uh, Steve asks, okay, so if we have any questions, uh, do we ask the boss? Or who do we go to 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 answer these questions? Obviously the real boss, Jasmina. The undertakers are Mark, Lindsay, Katina, and Olajuwon. And the grave diggers are Mike, Jasmina, Noy, and Steve. First we got flip cup. They're flipping the cups. Lindsay says watching Mark is like watching a man trying to find a clip. Cringe. Disgusting. Anyway, the gravediggers win. The gravediggers being Mike, Jasmine, Annoy, and Steve. Then they play kickball. Mike completely misses the ball at one point. Like, completely misses a gigantic red ball. <laughs> Harder and than IT- it looks. <laughs> and ITM, Jasmine says that she, she was doing the worst. And she was probably the worst person out there. And Mike's like, no, that's important. You need someone like that on your team. You're that person. So she's not doing the worst. And Jasmine's like, yeah, that's right. I'm not doing the worst. So that means Mike is the worst. (laughs) I was like, these guys are so cute. But in the end, they lose. The Undertakers win. And the next one is Dodgeball. 
Oh, before that, Lindsay says that besides her and Mark, Jasmina and Mike are the most competitive. They may have fresh gear, but they're not very good at what Dodgeball's next. Um, right when they take off, Noi falls right on her face and everyone keeps moving, which I would do too. I mean, she's fine. She can just get up. <laughs> But she's really, really offended that no one went to help her up, especially her husband. Gotta get the ball. Some, I know. And he got it. And he hit Katina so hard. Did you see that? Just launched it at her. I'm like, man. Elijah says it was a sucker hit. But it works in the end because the grave diggers win. Jasmina reiterates like that it was a good day, that her and Mike are doing good, that for a while she was holding herself back, but not anymore. She's all in. They're both all in. He feels it, and so does she. And that's where we end field day. It looked like a lot of fun. But then the fun has to end because we're going to get together for a dinner slash game night with the worst game in Married at First Sight history, most likely. So they're all having dinner, hanging out, and Jasmina and Mike, again, have matching shirts, better half, little avocados on them. They're so cute. Again, Jasmina and Mike explain the game. Basically, you just write down the person's name who's most likely to, um, you know, whatever that sentence is. So the first one is most likely to get cosmetic surgery. Lindsay says Noi, and Noi acts super offended, but she's like, yeah, that's true. And Steve also picks Noi. Most likely to be the best liar. Steve picks Noi and Noi picks Steve and Katina and Lindsay both pick Jasmina and Jasmina also picks herself and Mike looks terrified. He's he's like, I I don't know how to feel about this. She says she's not a liar, but if she had to lie, she'd be very convincing. The next question is where things get super awkward. Uh, Most likely to spend money on their partner. Noi picks Lindsay. Lindsay picks Lindsay. Olajuwon picks himself and Steve picks Olajuwon. Mark picks Mark, and Lindsay laughs so hard that it makes everything super awkward. And she even asks if he's joking, and he's like, no, if you needed something, I would buy it. And it's just, like, super silent, and I think Jasmina and Mike are are really good hosts for the Mm -hmm. game, or for all the activities in general, but they're like, just, oh, okay, yeah, we can see that. You know, just trying to make it less awkward, but it's, it continues, and, um... The next one is most likely to be a stay-at-home parent. Noi picks herself. Lindsay says, you're saying... Oh, because Noi's sign, it says, I want to raise my kids. So this triggers Lindsay in a way. She's saying, are you saying working moms don't raise their kids? And she's like, no, I want to be more hands-on. And uh, she's like, okay, are you going to be okay with one income? Because I'm a two-income kind of bitch. And she says, yeah, if Steve makes enough money. And Steve kind of interjects here. He's like, well, she wants three kids. That's a different kind of money situation. And Lindsay's like, okay, well, to be continued. Like, none of your fucking business. Like, why are you even talking at me? In an ITM, she's even more gross. She's like, well, he's got zero income, a jobless husband, and a stay-at-home mom. Good luck, huh? And I was like, your husband doesn't have a job either, bitch. (laughs) So what are you talking about? I know. I just so yeah. I don't know why so, she needed to pick that fight. Uh, uh-uh, uh, not at all. And especially when she has no idea what his finances or situation are. She also has no idea what they've talked about. 
Like it's none of your business. And Lindsay shows her board and she has picked Mark. She says, because someone has to bring home the bacon and someone has to cook it. And right now she's bringing it. And ITM Stephen Noy imitate Mark because he wears all his feelings on his face and he just looks so embarrassed. Um, this is obviously something they have not talked about. And um, yeah, it's just awful, 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 awful. Most, and then it gets even worse most likely to lie about their sex life in their relationship. Elijah makes like some crazy laugh and Mike's like, what's, what's up with your laugh, bro? <laughs> but he ends up picking himself, but he's the most likely to lie about their sex life. So does that mean they've had sex? I don't know. I thought it was the other <laughs> way around. Like lying that they have what? when what they haven't. Mean? Have when they haven't. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like ha he's saying that they haven't had sex, but is he lying? to everybody and when they have been having sex all this time no i think he's lying saying they have had sex when they haven't oh okay 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 but okay yeah or that he's had this crazy sex life when he hasn't yeah mm, i don't know either way katina says steve but she doesn't know why <laughs> she says he just rubs her the wrong way and mark picks Lindsay, and jasmina asks why and then Lindsay says because i tell him it's good and it's just awkward silence again and disgust clearly all over everybody's face. And even Jasmine was like, Lindsay, come on. And then ITM, Lindsay says that Mark is very selfish in bed and that there's room for improvement. Um, Jasmina asks Mark about it, if he wants to go into that more. And he says that she paints a picture that he doesn't agree with and that she talks about it differently than he would. And <laughs> that it gets worse, if you can even believe that. Most likely to start a fight. And everyone picks Lindsay. Not surprising. But she seems really offended. And then she even asks Jasmina why. And Jasmina's straight up. She says certain things start because of things that Lindsay has said. Steve asks if that means that she started the fight on the airplane. And Elijah starts laughing. And Lindsay gets mad at Steve. And she says that he's been making comments all day. That's the second one. So he's made comments all day, but that's only the second one, right? Um, and the third one, there's going to be a problem. So Noi better get her boy in line. And Steve's like, I apologize. My bad. The person most likely to lose the game ends up being Lindsay. Oh, oh, cringe. She says she doesn't give a fuck what you think. She loves herself. She goes to bed easy, wakes up refreshed. She has God in her heart and in her soul. She doesn't even give a fuck. Oh, she doesn't f ever fuck with a bad mentality. She rises to the top, so take note. And she don't get a fuck about what any of y'all think. All right, which is why you're telling us this, right? Because you don't care. <laughs> That's why you're feeling so hurt, right? Because <laughs> you don't care at all. Oh, man. Uh, that, there's a commercial break there, obviously. But when it returns, they go back and it... It shows everybody's kind of scattered about Lindsay. It, Mark is in a room and Lindsay comes in and she gets mad at him, asking him if he's joined production now because he walked away from her. And uh, Mark's like, yeah, I walked away because of what you said. She says, OK, that's cool. I'm done with you and walks away again. We've heard this before. Also mention that during this game, Lindsay is bottle or has down like a whole bottle of Prosecco. Yes. Yes, I was gonna bring that up at uh during her little medical incident mm. where she ate something bad, which I just think is alcohol poisoning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Anyway, she is a mess. Um, Mike tells us that he has no idea what happened to be between Mark and Lindsay in the short time that he has uh, left. But he goes to Mark to comfort him. There, it looks like they're in like a kind of a basement room. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he's not surprised at all and that it's pretty much on brand for, for them with their ups and downs. The fight started, apparently, because Mark and Lindsay were outside making a fire and he used some of the kerosene that she brought. She got pissed and flipped out, saying that he crossed boundaries. She tried grabbing his arm uh, to, you know, how she does when she wants to make a connection. But he doesn't like that. And he's told her before that he does not like when she grabs him when they're having an argument. And she just told him to fuck off. And he, and so he left. Lindsay, at some point during Mike and Mark's conversation, tries to come downstairs. But Olajuwon is, like, taking her back upstairs. And she she says something like, I'm going to drive home. And she, can, she can't take him anymore. Like oh my gosh, um, yeah, Mark is just explained that you can't just get to that level over kerosene, and Mike says it's not it's not the kerosene. You need to go up there and ask her what it's really about. And yeah, Mark Mark agrees. In the ITM, he says that the argument is most likely because of the game they just played, and he's gonna go back and and kind of talk it out with her. He goes back to the room, and Lindsay's crying in bed. He asks her why she's crying, and uh, she says. That she was talking to Olajuwon. He told her that everything she said during the game really hurt Mark. And everyone could see it. And Mark is Olajuwon's friend. And she she says that basically, basically it's not, she doesn't care. Like, in my opinion, that's what she's saying. She says that she tries to be kind, but she has to honor herself and how she feels. She doesn't know how to honor Mark and not honor herself. So if she does that, who's going to honor her? It's like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> We're just asking you not to be rude and crude. No one's saying to sacrifice your your feelings, you weirdo. And ITM Mark says he has no idea what she's saying. <laughs> this is just drunk babble to him. Yep. She's constantly, she continues and she says she constantly has to honor him because since she's met him, his life has been falling apart. And finally Mark says, that's a dig. You keep saying that. You just need to relax right now. He doesn't agree with that statement. She sits up and looks him straight in the eye. Really? And so he sits up and he's like, yeah, I don't need you to point out all the shit that's not going good in my life. He doesn't do that to her. Her life is just perfect. And she's like, no, it's a pattern. She sees a pattern and that gives her pause. She can't be running in circles for him. It's exhausting. It's too much work. But Mark agrees. In ITM, he says he's giving as much as he can to her, but he's he's done. At that point, Mark leaves the room and he goes off to, I don't know where, wherever he goes. And when he closes the door, she says, it's going to be so easy to say no to him, which we can all assume is decision day. Fast forward to the morning. Lindsay is sick to her stomach. She's been up since 4 a.m. She thinks it was an allergic reaction to something she ate. She can't drink anything. She can't eat anything. Nothing's staying down. So they're going to have to go to urgent care. So Mark is packing up everything and taking care of her. She thanks him and apologizes for picking a fight from the night before. She said she was just hurt and took it out on him. Mark is calling around asking uh, urgent cares if they have IV fluids. And he says no matter what happened yesterday, he's going to take care of her. They even, the West they're driving, they have to pull over so that she can puke, which we all thought she was jumping out of a car from the preview. <laughs> she did not jump out of the car because she's running away from Mark. She's jumping out of the car to puke. In somebody's front yard. 
Lovely. In somebody's front yard. Yes, ma'am. When they get to the urgent care, she ends up sleeping for like an hour and 15 minutes. Mark is really sweet. And she says she he just hopes she feels better when she wakes up. And, and that's about it. Lindsay is uh, hungover and uh, has some alcohol poisoning in my and an all around horrible, horrible person. <laughs> No, she was allergic to that pizza and salad they had the night before. Oh, please. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, that was just a hot mess. I'm like, wait a in the trip on a bang. Well, at least they got to have a peaceful breakfast without her. This is true. So that's the next thing that we see. Jasmina and Katina are cooking breakfast while Elijah and Michael look on. Uh, Jasmina lets them know that Lindsay had to go to the urgent care clinic because she wasn't feeling well. Um, they knew she was sick, but they didn't know it was that bad. Uh, we also learned that Lindsay was supposed to be making breakfast, but obviously she's in no shape to do so. So Jasmine is going to pick up the slack and take over the kitchen. Michael says he's going to be supervising Jasmina to make sure she doesn't burn anything or poison anyone. He's going to make sure everything's on the up and up. <laughs> They show a little montage of them putting the food together. You know, they got the bacon and eggs, toast, fruit, all the works. So they take all the food outside on the deck and they sit down to um, eat as a group. So Olajuwon says he would ask how the food is, but since nobody's talking, that must mean it's good. Bad joke. Uh, well, they all think it's delicious and they thank Jasmina. Noi says that she's uh, dreading basically going back to the city and going back to work. She wishes that they had a few more days out in Vermont. Um, and I don't know if you noticed here, but her and Steve are twinning. I did. It was hard not to notice <laughs> the animal print. <laughs> what was even more funny was like, nobody even brought it up. Like, why are y'all matching? <laughs> you would think somebody would be busting their balls about it. You know what I mean? But And then I was like, okay, is this a thing? Because Jasmine and Michael had the matching thing and now they're matching. Were they all supposed to match at some point? I don't know. I don't know. I was like, was this a production thing that just, they gave up on that storyline? <laughs> they already had their time filled. I guess. They had to show all the times Lindsay was pouring a drink. <laughs> so Michael says that he had a lot of fun this weekend. Um, he says it's been really nice at the retreat. It's been a very special weekend that they're all lucky to have. He's just tried to have fun and tried to appreciate the time as a group together because this is the last time they're probably going to be together in this way uh so he's trying to take in every moment have fun and be present since this is like you said isn't going to happen again not in the same way they can still after decision day get together but it won't be the same dynamic necessarily unless they all magically say yes i was gonna say because they're all gonna be divorced <laughs> then jasmina asked noi a question that she already asked steve she asked if she feels pressure for them to stay together because they're like the dream paradise couple this season. Noi says she doesn't know. They're still working on trust with each other and it's not all the way there yet. She wants them to get there before decision day, but she's not sure if that can happen. Steve says that there's levels to this shit, basically. Like, yes, I trust her not to like steal my TV when I leave the house, but <laughs> do I trust her with like my emotions or my secrets? Mm, maybe not so much at this point but it's something that's always fluctuating and the only way that you can build that is with time noise response to that is hmm interesting in her little bratty voice katina says that for her and Elajuan, they need to have more deep conversations Elajuan says they are having those deeper conversations and it gets ugly 
he says that there's a possibility for love there. And everybody at the table is like, wait, hold up. What? There's what? What's the word? <laughs> and he says, possibly. There's a possibility for love. And Katina says, you know, is there something you need to tell me? And the whole table is like egging it on. And Elijah's like, everybody pump your brakes. Hold on. I bet you let's not get carried away, people. Uh, so they go back to the conversation. And Michael says that meeting the medium was the first time that he felt like Jasmina really cares for him. Even before they met with the actual medium, when they had the conversation about how the experience could be and how he could be affected mentally and emotionally, she wanted to really make sure that he was in a good place to receive whatever the medium was going to say. You know, she wanted to make sure he was okay before continuing on with the activity. Also, he says that she encouraged him to be open, but also reaffirmed that he didn't have to go into it with the intent of opening up for her. You know, it's totally whatever he was comfortable doing. She just wanted to support him. And all of this made Michael really feel like she's looking out for him. At this point, Jasmina is crying. And, you know, mm -hmm. he, he grabs onto her arm and tells her that it was all really powerful and he really appreciated it. And I was like, okay, producers, hello. This is what we want to see on this show. Yes. I was like, it even made me kind of misty. I was like, oh. Because it's true, like, who doesn't want that kind of support from their partner? Yes, yeah. Love to see it. I, I really do, too. And, like, all the Jasmina haters, like, it took her a lot of time to get there, as did him. Like, it, you know, he has a lot of trauma that he eventually will open up to her about. And they're really just scratching the surface. There were strangers. Yeah. They're, you know what I mean? It's going to take them time to get where they need to be. But I love seeing it. Me too. Um, at this point, Jasmina says that she just wanted him to know that he didn't have to do anything he didn't want to. In a voiceover, we hear Michael saying that he didn't even know how much he trusted Jasmina until they had that session with the medium. And they were talking about all the loss that he's experienced. Having Jasmina there was comforting. And that's a level of trust to be able to achieve that kind of comfort and have that feeling. Now he's seen a compassionate side to Jasmina that he'd never seen before. For him, this is a turning point in their relationship. He says he wants to stay on the same street. And if they can do that, he can see them staying together. Olajuwon says that he loves to see it. It was great for them to be so open and vulnerable with the group. Katina says that she also recognizes that Michael and Jasmina have grown a lot over the weekend. Steve says that it's awesome that... Mike has somebody that's, you know, genuinely got his back. And Noi says that's love. <laughs> and then, of course, to, like, break it up, Jasmina jokes that, or both of them kind of joke that love is Steve and Noi's favorite word because they keep throwing <laughs> it around. Uh, and they all kind of laugh it off. So next, we see the group leaving beautiful Vermont and heading back to reality. Uh, we have a voiceover where Olajuwon is saying that he's not exactly excited to go back to Boston. Decision day is two weeks away. And at this point, he's confused and has mixed emotions. There's still unanswered questions up in the air. But on the flip side, he cares a lot about Katina. So he's just all messed up. Poor boy doesn't know what to himself. He really doesn't. So we see them all driving out. Steve tells Noi that before they get to decision day, they have to talk about their living situation. Um, if, you know, of course they choose to stay together because we already saw in previous episodes that Noi said she didn't want to move in with him right away. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the car, she agrees that they do have to talk about this. She says she understands that they got married and they are committed to each other now. 
but the final step will be saying goodbye to the life you had before you were married. She hasn't really fully processed that part yet. Steve says to him, it sounds like she wants her single life, but that's not married life. She says that's not really the case. Typically in relationships, she puts her partner's needs before her own. And in her last relationship in particular, that's what she did. And it blew up in her face, basically. She moved across country with like nothing for this relationship and then it didn't work out and she had nothing and had to start over again. Mm. Um, She tells Steve that she'd never even lived on her own before and that's why she's so attached to her place. Uh, She doesn't want Steve to think that she doesn't trust him or that she doesn't believe in the marriage, but it's a big life change for her. Like the studio apartment really symbolized her being independent for the first time in her life and it's hard for her to let that go. She wants to hold on to it as a safety net as well. Like she said before, she's scared that she's going to end up in the place where things don't work out and she has to start all over again. She does admit to Steve that she's scared. Uh, Steve thinks she definitely has fears about marriage and that in Noi's mind, forever is a big deal. He tells her if she's going to need to take some time after decision day to like honor that particular time in her life and, you know, give it the proper farewell and all that stuff, then that's fine. But He's also kind of triggered and sees it as a red flag that she doesn't want to get rid of her place because it could be a signal that she doesn't take marriage seriously. Because, I mean, what did you expect? Like, (laughs) yeah, when your husband to live in two different places, like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, even um, the statement she makes about the last thing you need to do is say goodbye to your single life. I was like, no, that was the day you got married you say goodbye <laughs> when you were engaged when you knew you were going to get married in two weeks that's when you say goodbye to your single life not eight weeks later hello <laughs> that's crazy to me <laughs> you ain't single anymore you're married <laughs> yeah, that's the episode that's it that's a wrap any thoughts on next episode the only thing i can remember honestly is olajuwon crying <laughs> he has all the fever aren't they meeting with the experts it, yeah that's right that's right they are meeting with all the experts over again which is good they need the help they needed this in the beginning why is it now two weeks to decision day and now y'all want to pop up yeah where were you mm-hmm. on week two mm-hmm. i don't know it's gonna be a mess but i'm here for it all right well thank you so much for listening we are the cheese queens you can continue the conversation on our social media outlets we are on instagram at cheese mcqueens podcast and on twitter at cheese mcqueen it be live tweets on wednesday so catch her there and if you have any cheese send it our way until then we will see you next time where we will continue to cover married at first sight season 14 in boston igby anything else i'm done you're done though all right y'all bye see ya Oh, 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 oh,